from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. Ryan Tier is a coach and host of the Quarter Life Comeback podcast, where he interviews various experts, mentors, and other inspiring guests to empower quarter lifers to become the hero of their life's journey. After starting his career in the corporate world, Brian soon realized that there was more to life than cashing in a paycheck each month and decided to create a life that felt more fulfilling. He now helps others to do the same thing. And Brian actually featured me on his show a while back, as well as Smiley Puzwalski, who uh, was also on our show, I believe, episode number four of the Year of Purpose podcast. And quick note, Smiley has uh, rewritten with Penguin Publishing his book, uh, The Quarter Life um, Oh, gosh, why am I forgetting the title of his book? He Breakthrough. <laughs> breakthrough, yes, because I, I didn't want to say crisis because I knew that wasn't it. So Smiley is actually republishing that soon. So for anyone who really loved that episode, who's stuck with us since episode number four or has checked it out on Brian's show, uh, the book is coming out. I think they've updated it a little bit. So definitely something to look into. But Brian, thanks so much for being here today. What's going on in the life of Brian right now? <laughs> the life of Brian. Uh, Zephan, thanks so much for having me and for that for that cool intro. I'm really happy to be here. I love your work and obviously I was really excited to interview you on my podcast. So it's cool to be here. And uh, hello to all the YOP listeners. Yeah, man. So first of all, because you have such an awesome accent, we have to tell people where <laughs> you're calling in from. Uh, I am in Cape Town in South Africa. I was born here, grew up here, um, have plans to see many different parts of the world still uh but yeah i'm i rock the south african accent which i don't think sounds like an accent but obviously to to everyone else it does well you know i'm sure it sounds like i have an accent to you so Mm -hmm. but isn't this cool that we get to talk to people you know other side of the world um totally different time zones i'm sure it's like probably the end of the day for you and i'm just getting the day started so that's yeah man i love it it's 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 kind of like um, when I started a podcast, I said there were three things or three reasons why. The one was that I didn't need to be the expert. I could get other people on who knew more about their topic than I did. The other one was because I got to ask people things that I wanted to know. And the third was that I get to grow my network and, and like you said, meet and speak to people on other sides of the world. And it's one of my favorite parts of traveling as well is like the friendships that I made um, you know, while I was overseas and backpacking and stuff. And those those friendships live on. And that's, I suppose that's the sort of the joy of living in the time we do is that you don't have to meet someone and then part ways and that's it. You can stay in touch. And um, another example is I have a pen pal actually, literally like writing with pen and paper. No we post way. letters to each other. Yeah. So when I was backpacking through Southeast Asia two years ago, um, I met up with this group of girls from England and the one girl uh, said to me, yeah, she used to have a pen pal and it didn't last very long. And then I said, well, well, I'll do it. And uh, two years later, we're still sending letters in the post back and forth. And it's it's really cool um, to still interact in that way. That's uh, awesome. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's really amazing that we get to to speak to people and make friends with people on completely other sides of the planet. Yeah. Well, Let's dive in. Let's figure out a little bit more about, you know, where you, how you even got to this whole backpacking around Asia. Um, You know, I want to hear a little bit about 
what life was like being in the corporate world, where the whole backpacking piece fit in, you know, where did your mindset start to shift uh, into, you know, this whole new way of thinking? So tell me about the corporate world, what you were doing for work, and, you know, when you ultimately decided something's got to change. Totally. So um, I think if I take it way, way back, um, I grew up in like a really good, happy, big family. I've got three brothers. One of them's a twin. Um, and you know, we, we were brought up really well. I'm really grateful to my parents, um, for, for the background, uh, sorry, the, uh, upbringing that we had. And I kind of went through early stages of life doing all the things that we supposed to, or that we are told we are supposed to do and not just by our parents, but like by society and media and all that sort of thing. So I did really well at school, um, and played sports. I went to a really good university um, did really well there as well. And then, uh, got a really good job Oh, at, at university. Sorry. When I finished high school, um, my dad was really old school. So it was kind of like, you know, I'll pay for you to go to university, but it must be one of the sort of good careers like engineering, law, medicine, accounting, uh, that type of thing. So I actually didn't know what I wanted to do when I finished school. Um, but one of my brothers, one of my older brothers, he did civil engineering uh, and him and I are very similar. So I decided, well, you know, maybe that's for me. And I did that at university, studied it for four years, um, did really well and then went into the working world. So I was a civil engineer for about two and a bit years. Um, and I never really stopped to think, like, is this actually what I want to be doing? I was just like I said. Um, sort of checking all the boxes and going along each, uh, you know, each next step. And um, I think it was my roommate from from um, university. He got we were sort of trail running um, through the mountains during our one holiday. And he said to me, you know, he's, he's always wanted to do a, a Thailand uh, backpacking trip. And um, he basically got me to commit and then that was the end of 2012 um we went to thailand for a couple of weeks uh, four of us and then just before i left um, one of my friends started a crossfit box it was like the start of the crossfit um boom yeah and and uh you know crossfit and paleo and when that whole thing blew up and i'd always been interested in um staying healthy and uh, sort of personal development and stuff and when he got me into, not got me into, but sort of made me aware of CrossFit and Paleo, um, it really opened my eyes to how, you know, how there's so many things we're being told diet-wise and exercise-wise, which maybe aren't as effective as, as they should be. And um, we don't have to get into the nutrition space. It's, it's a really hot topic, obviously. Yeah. But um, although I didn't become a CrossFitter or um anything like that. I just started doing a lot more research and uh, changing up my own, my own training and diet and stuff. And um, I'd never really read blogs or spend much time online. I was always more the ball sports type person than the sort of internet computer person. Uh, but when I started doing this research, I started finding all these things and experienced really good benefits myself health wise. Um, and wanted a way to share that with other people. So I started a, a blog back then. 
And the more I started reading online about this stuff, I started reading other stuff too. Things like uh, Live Your Legend, which I'm sure all your listeners will be aware of. Yeah, Scott Dinsmore. Um, yeah, Live Your Legend and uh, Pay to Exist and stuff like that. And seeing people writing stories about like, you know, um, making a dent in the world and getting paid to do what they love and making a difference. And these are all things that started opening my eyes and I was like, geez, well, these people are doing it. Like, why, why can I not do something like this? And that's when I started thinking, well, am I actually doing something that really lights me up that I'm really passionate about? And <laughs> civil engineering was not that thing. Um, so I'm, I'll try to keep this a bit short. Uh, I messaged my dad. I, I started getting really miserable. Like I'd wake up in the morning, um, immediately dreading going to work when i'd get to work i'd be like okay seven hours left six hours left five, which is a terrible place to be in uh and eventually i just sent my dad a message and i was terrified what he'd say because i said he was he was very old school right and i just i just said to him like dad there's something i need to tell you i think you possibly know what i'm what it's about but i'm thinking of resigning um because i'm really not happy at work and something really surprising happened um i thought he'd he'd come at me with the like you're being ungrateful or that's just the way life works and suck it up um but actually he took the sort of business owner's approach because he was like a director of a couple of companies before he'd retired and he said to me if you're not growing you're not adding value to the business or you're not enjoying what you're doing the admirable thing to do is to resign, but not enough people do because they're just happy to cash their check at the end of the month. But by doing so, you're not helping yourself and you're also not helping the company. You know, if you're just there wasting time and, and they're paying you to kind of procrastinate, you're not really helping anybody. Um, and when he said that, it was kind of like the validation I needed. And we shouldn't really need other people's validation, but I mean, it did still mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. uh, 30 minutes later, I'd handed in my letter of resignation. And uh, yeah, that a month after that, I'd resigned with no real plan B, which if people are listening to this and are looking for someone to tell them they don't need a plan B, I don't mean that to come across that way. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell people now, like, if at all possible, start something on the side um, while you're still in your job, uh, because it does cause a lot of stress down the line. Yeah. And and I know we can probably get into that, but um, a great way now to, that I like to think about it is look at your your employer as kind of an investor in your side gig. Uh, they they you know they paying you to learn these skills that you can eventually use in your own business, and they're also paying your bills so that you don't have your side gig stressing you out to make money. Uh, and then yeah, so once I'd resigned, it was again my dad who said, "Well, now that you." Now that you've resigned, are you going to go travel a little bit? Which also took me by surprise. Uh, I think he thought I'd probably go to Europe for two weeks, but I ended up going to uh, Southeast Asia for two months uh, on my own, just with the bag on my back. I didn't check in any luggage. It was all hand luggage. Wow. Um, and a really funny thing happened. The movie that was playing on the airplane was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> and when I, when I watched it, I was like, man, this is too weird. Um <laughs> Anyway, so while I was away, I kind of realized that health and personal development was the area that I had always been the most interested in and wanted to get into. So when I came back, I 
studied and became a certified personal trainer and started doing that. Um, that led to more health coaching and the health coaching led to life coaching, which is, I mean, I don't really like the term life coaching, but it's the most accurate describer of what I do now. Um, and yeah, I mean, when I relaunched my, my blog or my brand, um, which was the beginning of this year, um, I decided that I was trying to speak to too many people at once about too many things. Um, so I did a complete rebrand to my personal brand now, which is just bryantia.com. Nice. And um, yeah, and I thought, who can I who can I speak to? What group can I really focus on where I think I'll have the most impact and can make the most difference? And I did a lot of brainstorming. I mean, I'm into a lot of different things like minimalism and stoic philosophy and uh, obviously health and nutrition. Uh, but I decided to focus on 20 some things and the sort of um, the sort of quarter life crisis that people speak about. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a really cool journey. I also decided to focus on podcasting rather than writing articles and stuff like I did on my old site. And that itself has been an awesome journey. Uh, but that's pretty much where I am today. Uh, Good stuff. <laughs> that was a, a long story, but yeah. Well, you know, you brought up something really, you brought up quite a few important things. But one big thing that I want to jump back to, I actually just wrote down a quick note is, you know, you mentioned live your legend. And if anybody who's listening hasn't heard this story or doesn't know about this, um, live your legend was founded by a guy by the name of Scott Dinsmore. Um, and basically over a decade of research led him to create a process for making discoveries about, you know, what lit himself up and what lights others up. Uh, and for finding the work that they really love. And uh, unfortunately, just last year, September of 2015, uh, he passed away in a really tragic accident. He was actually uh, summiting Mount Kilimanjaro with his wife and a bunch of friends um, to really kind of carry on the message of Live Your Legend. Uh, and I think there was like an avalanche or, or a rock slide or something. And, uh, yeah, a rock fall, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think he was actually hit trying to protect other people. Um, so he, you know, it just, he was 33 years old. Uh, he's got a TEDx talk that's been seen like over 7 million times. And it's mm -hmm. just super important to kind of mention that cause it's really in alignment with where we're all at here is, you know, at 33, he could probably say that he really lived the most fulfilling life. I mean, his, his mm -hmm. wife, Chelsea still runs, I think the blog and things like that. It's liveyourlegend.net, but just kind of a side note for everyone who's listening in totally check out the story and check out that stuff too. Yeah, and that, that video, sorry to cut you off there, Zephan, but that video is um, how I discovered his work. I was wasting time at work on YouTube like we do. Yeah. <laughs> and and that popped up in the sort of recommended videos on the side. And it was between that video and the Steve, jo uh, Steve Jobs speech, which really got me to sort of take the take the leap. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm, we can probably link it up in the show notes. But if anyone hasn't watched those two videos, I really recommend doing so. So let's jump into just kind of what happened with you and your dad, because I think this is a big deal for a lot of the people listening in is whether or not you're thinking of, you know, bringing this up to a spouse, you know, to a loved one, to a family member, whoever it is, chances are a lot of fear comes into play, you know, when you're going to make this big decision that seems, you know, completely irrational sometimes. Mm. Um you know, what were you thinking was going to happen? Because clearly your dad was, 
cool with it, it sounds like. Um, but, you know, what was going on in your mind before you wrote this text to him of like, I'm going to quit my job? Mm. Yeah, and I think it's a unique challenge that people our age or in our generation um, have to face if they do decide to do things unconventionally is that, you know, our parents and their parents and everyone before, they've never had as many options or um, opportunities as we do now. And especially doing non-conventional things. I mean, even something like being a social media manager or something like that, that didn't exist 10 years ago. Right. Um, so I think it's quite unique for us to have to try and explain to people in older generations the, the path we're taking. But um, I'm sure our kids one day will be will be a lot easier if they decide to do something unconventional. Yeah. But yeah, um, it is a really good question because like I said, I was terrified at, as to what he would say. And I don't even know how I would have gone about things if he'd said like, you're not resigning. <laughs> um, but he didn't. And um, another thing that I didn't mention is he also said to me, you know, um, mom and I will always support you and we know that you'll make the right decision. And um, that was also huge for me. But I guess, um, I mean, I've always been sort of an, not an overachiever, but I've always worked hard and, and um, when I commit to something, I stick it out. Uh, and I guess he he could see that I wasn't just going to quit my job and live on a couch for six months or a year or whatever it may be. Um, so I think he, he kind of knew that I'd, that I'd figure things out. And um, the other thing as well is that I also had told myself if things got really bad, and I think Tim Ferriss speaks about this as well, like with the whole stoic philosophy thing, is like the worst that can actually happen is a lot better than we think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the worst that could happen is I really didn't uh, figure things out and I ended up going and getting a job back at my same company. Like that, that's probably the worst that could have happened. Right. Uh, because when I left, uh, I left on really good terms and my boss said to me, you know, if you change your mind, we'll always be here. And um, so I don't know, I, I guess, uh, and I've really taken a detour on this question, but I guess my dad kind of knew that that I would figure things out. And um, I think he's also just accepted that I'm, I'm, I'm the sort of black sheep and that I do things a little differently now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, think, I think that's I think, okay. It, we're, mm. We all do things a little bit differently. I think that's why, mm. you know, so many of us wind up in this space of, you know, this quarter life area of I don't know. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, and I really want to put this as like the headline on my website when people go there now, but um, the biggest thing is that I realized you can only try and please your parents for so long. And if my mom and dad listen to this, I'm sorry, but <laughs> that is the truth. Um, you know, you can only make people happy for so long before you have to think, well, what is actually going to make me happy? Right. And the sort of thing that I, my sort of slogan um, that I said to myself at that time, and which I want to put on my website now is, I realize that no one's going to make life awesome for me. And if I really want to do something different or want something particularly in my life, it's me that has to go out and make that happen. It's not someone else isn't going to go and put it on my plate and say, there you go, Brian, you wanted this, there it is. Right. Um, so that was a big shift for me as well. It's like, well, you know what? I, I want something different and it's not going to come to me by doing what I've just always been doing. 
Well, and so one of the things that you ended up choosing to do was to travel. And I think this is a big thing for many people. Um, You know, I spent two months traveling and that led to a lot of the bigger changes in my life. How did you change as a person from, you know, the Brian who jumped on the plane and was watching The Secret Life of Walter Mitty and, you know, to the Brian who is taking the plane back home at the end of the trip? Like what changed for you? (laughs) Reluctantly. I think I would have booked a one-way ticket had I known it would have been so cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I have been asked this before. And and you mentioned um, I interviewed Smiley. I also interviewed Brian Drury, who I think has been on your show. Yeah. And I was on and I was on his show too. And I think he asked me the same sort of question. Um, you know, how did traveling change me or affect me? Um, I think one of the biggest things was probably that it just opened my eyes to the fact that there's so much out there and so many more opportunities than the small sort of bubble that we that we live in. Um, and you also, the one of the things that stood out to me is that you realize like people are inherently good and people want to help. Um, and I think often we we think that the whole world is against us, um, but that that to me was a big one. Um, I don't know. I think hustling with uh, <laughs> with Bangkok tuk-tuk drivers and and <laughs> tailors and uh, massage parlor owners uh, it taught me a lot of patience as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else other than than those few things. You know, definitely the whole thing of um, the fact that there's so much more out there. Mm-hmm. Um, to see and to do but the other thing and the other shift that I've had more recently um, which I spoke to Jacob Sokol about in my latest podcast interview was that um, you hear a lot of people saying like I just want to go travel and um, you know I want to go and see the world and I don't take anything away from that I never understood it myself until I'd actually done it but I think it's very important to kind of to get clear on why it is that you want to travel and not just think that it's uh, sort of a, a golden ticket to solving all your problems. And the thing that Jacob said is it's not so much the traveling that people are looking for, but it's the thing that they get from traveling. So that might be like more freedom or more time or um, anything like that. But um, it's important to, you know, before you just go and, buy a ticket somewhere across the world like I think get get clear on why it is that you want to travel and see if you if you can maybe create some of those things already and another example is um, like we were chatting before this interview I recently had some big decisions to make in my life um, about whether I was going to go overseas for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. sort of indefinitely almost Um, and I did kind of a, a pro and con type of thing about going overseas. And I realized that a lot of the things that I thought I wanted to get out of going overseas, I could already achieve right here. And uh, that was things like, uh, you know, um, spending time with um, with more positive sort of people around me, um, designing my own schedule. And I realized like all that stuff I can do here already and in fact, there were a lot of things that I could do here already that I couldn't do overseas. Uh, and I'm sure that'll depend person to person and uh, where it is you go and all the rest of it. But that's why I said, like, I think it's very important to people uh, for people to get clear on that stuff before they just think that 
they'll be happy when they go traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, but, that's I a mean, good point there is that a lot of people think that they'll just travel and it fixes everything. And mm-hmm. it doesn't. Um, you know, your problems that you had at home are still going to be there when you get back home. I think traveling opens you up to looking at things kind of outside of that bubble, you know. So if you're in a place of, you know, needing more financial stability or, you know, needing more money in your business or, you know, feeling like you need a relationship, uh, what travel does is it kind of pulls you out of that place of need uh, and it puts you in a totally different environment where you get to kind of look at things from outside the Mm -hmm. box. Yeah, and like I, I, like I said, I don't take anything away from travel. I still absolutely love it, and I will definitely be doing a lot more travel myself. But it's not like I'm relying on that to make me happy. Right. Um, and uh, you mentioned something now, which I'm about to forget. What was it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I've just said a blank. Uh, it's all good. Well, I'm, you were talking a... a little bit about, you know, you had some big decisions recently. How about we'll round off the podcast with that, with just kind of talking about where things are now, because this is one of the most beautiful points of the podcast where we can really talk to somebody who's in the middle of it. You know, like I Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the person who always just shows, you know, everyone who made it because, you know, it just makes everyone feel bad because they're not there, too. I think you're a prime example of someone who's working through this in a really fantastic way and learning so much. So maybe just kind of round off the episode here with a little bit about, you know, where you are right now and some of the bigger decisions you had to make. Yeah, I'm about to get all Brene Brown vulnerable on you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I'm I love this question because I think with social media and um, and stuff like that and just online presence in general, it's so easy to look at other people and think, oh, I really want to be doing what they're doing or oh, they've got everything figured out and their life's so perfect. And yeah, I mean, you you said, let us know where you are now. Like, I am still very much in the trenches. I, I mentioned to you that one of the reasons for starting my podcast was because I wanted to learn from the people that I'm interviewing. And that's exactly, that's exactly true. I wanted to ask some of these things for myself and in the same time, share that with other people. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. So the difficult kind of decision I had to make was because I'd kind of quit my corporate job and... Um, you know, basically became self-employed first with personal training and coaching and online stuff. Um, it's it's not easy. There are months where you think like, how am I going to make rent? And some months I didn't make rent. Um, and I took on some debt. And the decision that I had to make was, well, why don't I go and teach English overseas? And I was going to go to South Korea which I think is a great option for a lot of people. I think it's an awesome way to quickly pay back debt. And um, a lot of people are doing that very effectively. But for me, the three criteria for whatever I decided to do was, A, to pay back my debts and to make a steady income, to B, have enough time to work on my personal projects and my, my personal brand and my podcast and coaching. And the third was to sort of give me the freedom to travel a bit. And um, I did some job searching and stuff, and I actually found a teaching job, a school in Korea. Um, excuse me. Uh, they sent me a contract. Um, all my documents were done. I had the job on my sort of basically in my lap. And I had this really crazy moment where I was like, uh, holy crap, 
is this actually one I want to be doing? And I paused there because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. Uh, I had this moment where I was like, wow, this is all very real now. And it's all right. Yeah. The thing that I thought that I wanted so badly. And now, you know, is this actually what I'm looking for? And I, I kind of, it was a, it was a dark time and I did a lot of brainstorming and am I going to fit everything in and make everything work? And, um, I decided that I wouldn't have enough time to work on my own podcast and coaching and I wasn't ready to compromise the sort of momentum that I'd built up with that. And um, yeah, I decided to turn down the job again, not knowing uh, what would come next. In the time since, to, to kind of wrap it up quicker here, in the time since, um, I found an online teaching job which gives me way more time and flexibility nice. to work on my own projects. Um, and like I said, I, I realized like I don't need to go overseas to achieve uh, these things that I'm kind of aiming for. Um, I still have time to take on my own clients. Uh, I mentioned to you before that I met and have started dating a new girlfriend, which is an area I've been lacking in for quite a lot of time uh, and thinking like I can do things alone. And <laughs> but it's made a huge, a huge positive impact on me. Um, and the other thing like i'm i'm moving into my own apartment soon so things are kind of uh, moving along nicely um but definitely it's not all like sunshine and roses like it may seem on on social media all the time yeah um well i think amazing things really happen when you start asking why you're doing the things you are doing mm -hmm. you know no matter yeah. where you are you know if you've already taken the leap or if you haven't you know why why haven't you and why are you still here Mm-hmm. And Jim Carrey, I mean, we've we've spoken about some pretty some of my favorite videos, Walter Mitty and uh, Scott Dinsmore and Steve Jobs. And uh, another one I'll throw in the mix there is Jim Carrey's commencement speech, which I'm sure you've seen, too. Absolutely. And and he says in that speech, um, as far as I can tell, it's just about letting the universe know what you want and working towards it while letting go of how it comes to pass. And that's something that I keep coming back to now is like we put so much pressure on ourselves to know exactly how things are going to work out and to know exactly what's coming next and to try have everything perfect. But actually, we can't control any of that. All we can do is like keep that vision of what we're working towards in our head and kind of take things as they come along. And um, that's been a huge shift for me as well um, that's awesome. in, in my own work. That's awesome. I think that's probably the best way we could round off this episode. So, Brian, <laughs> I want to thank you for being here today. And uh, what's the best place for everyone tuning in to check out more about you and to learn about what you're doing? Yeah, so I'm lucky in that I don't have a very common name like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty much at Brian Tier everywhere. That's B-R-Y-A-N-T-E-A-R-E. -E. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I'm not as busy. I'm trying to get into Snapchat now. Um, but then the best is probably just bryantia.com and I'm sure we'll link that up in the show notes and um, otherwise people can email me brian at bryantia.com and uh, yeah I'd love to hear from people uh, if they dug this episode um, if they've enjoyed my show if they just want to ask me something if they're struggling with you know the quarter life crisis I'd love to hear and help anywhere I can and uh, yeah I always love meeting new sort of switched on engaged people which is definitely the year of purpose listener so Zeph and thanks thanks so much for having me and thanks to everyone for listening hey everyone it's Zeph did you like this episode 
Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted.